1: Hey, hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I am here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and drink the Kool-Aid with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am here with Sierra today and she's going to tell
0: us our story. Um, hi Sierra. Hello. Thank you for having me today.
1: Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, my dog is going to dark in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Uh, my name is Sierra. I'm from Indiana. I'm 24 years old and I actually um, spent I would say close to two years in the Amway Corporation, specifically LTD. They have a few different branches in Amway. I mean Amway's huge. So um What's mine's LTD. Leadership team development. Another okay. one in Amway is called Worldwide, but that was the one specifically I was in. Okay.
1: Yeah, Amway can be really confusing because they have like all of these like little offshoots
0: yeah they do and then they've got like a bunch of different like brands I guess you could say like satinique was like the shampoo and conditioner I would use for my hair and then glisters like the toothpaste I would use so it wasn't necessarily Amway products but they would be on the labels of things I don't know it was really weird sometimes I feel
1: like I'm still confused by Amway and I think it's because like I'm a millennial and I am just used to like social media so like I see all of the people that post on social media, but that's not like really a thing with the M.Y.
0: Yeah. And that was, they were really particular about what we would post online and how we would post online. So for instance, we, it was always about edification, edification, edification. So if we were posting about, um, so we would do meetings every Thursday night where I was at. And it it was, it was pretty bad if you didn't go to the meeting, but I was pretty passionate about what I was doing at the time. So I made sure to be at like everything I could. And, um, I would take pictures, post online, and, um, we had to be kind of not, I want to say cryptic about how we would talk about, um, the people that were like higher up and moving up in business and everything. Um, it's, it it was, wasn't like how you see other MLM people post online. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, so um, do you want to kind of just jump into
0: your story and like, we'll go from there? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> stop me if you have any questions or comments. It, it's kind of crazy some of the things that I have to say. And the reason why I wanted to do this was because there's a lot that's not talked about with Amway because Amway is kind of the reason why smaller MLMs are being able to get away with what they are. Yeah, because there was a lawsuit against Amway, right? But I think Amway won. Yeah, between the FTC, I think it is that goes after MLMs and pyramid schemes and everything, and they somehow managed to win. So that's why I think people need to talk about them more. But basically, um, I met who was the sponsor. Um, I won't name names for the sake of that, but... um, She met me at a really vulnerable time in my life. Like I was probably at the lowest I think I'd ever been. And I looking back on it now, it's crazy because she was so like, I thought she was just being very hospitable, but she was like, you can eat my food. You can use my, you know, my shampoo and conditioner. You can use my body wash. And it was all a way of her getting me interested in business without me even realizing that's what she was doing. Oh my god! So Yeah. And then we became really good friends really fast. And we would hang out all the time. I'd be at her house all the time, spending the night, like going to church together. Like it was crazy. And I thought, you know, she was so nice. So I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I met my best friend. And um, she invited me one night, one Thursday uh, night. She was like, Hey, you want to come to this business meeting with me and I was like I'm not really interested in business I don't know anything about it she was like no it's it's fine go ahead come out and that was the worst mistake of my life that I didn't realize it was at the time I was surrounded by all these people who were just so eerily happy like if you're in Amway and anybody who ever has been in Amway will know this yeah you're not you're almost not allowed to be negative in any sort of way you're not allowed to show you're upset you're not like it and it's for the sake of the new people because they think well if new people come in and see people complaining or anything or being unhappy they're not going to want to join business well Um, also if
1: nobody's complaining and nobody's saying anything negative then how is anyone ever supposed to realize that there's anything wrong because all of your doubts are cut to yourself
0: exactly exactly I mean there were upline, downline, and crossline, which I think is pretty universal with all MLMs. You, The only people you were able to go to if you had a problem was upline. You could not go to downline. You could not go to crossline, even if you became really good friends with those people. Because basically, it's like you don't know what that person's going through. So like you don't need to talk to them. So you were basically forced to talk to people, in my case, that I didn't feel comfortable going to with personal problems. So that I was kind of forced to be uncomfortable there, but I dealt with it because I was like, man, these people have something, Um, I'm excited for it. So I ended up getting in um, and it was really okay at first. And they were really willing to work with me and my finances at the time, which were not good. um, I was pretty wild with my finances back then. Um, We we fixed that so far, but anyway, um, (laughs) conferences, conferences were something else and my first conference I mean I just remember being in awe and just like this is the greatest thing that I've ever like a fire was lit inside of me and it was it was wonderful and then I finally after that went and got my Amway business officially started up and that was when I really started to see problems and you know nobody was wanting to buy my product nobody was you know wanting to join me in business and they would push it as a mentorship program, not, you know, an MLM or this business or whatever. It was like, you know, we're going to help you learn how to manage your finances, but you know, we're, we're your mentors. We're not, you know, upline. We're not this, we're mentors. We're going to help you get through life. And when you're hearing all these people, we were, we were forced to listen to or audios like specific podcasts, I guess you could say from Amway diamonds and emeralds and the different higher up levels Mm. and when you're listening to these people who are where you want to be talk about the struggles that they went through (laughs) you know it's kind of like well this is how it's supposed to go so I'm just going to push through this and so it it was really hard to see like this is a waste of my time when I'm like those people are where I want to be so I'm you know it's fine I'm, I'm going through the same struggles that they did um so books I mean they would they would push like you know don't tell people if they ask you know is this going to cost me any money like they don't have to pay for anything but they're always going to push you to do so right and and I think also like
1: what you were saying too like at the beginning you like struggle um in reality you always struggle for the most part unless you're one of the lucky one percent less than one percent that actually makes it but like you look at the people like the upline who are doing so well and you're like oh well like they push through if I just push a little bit longer I'll make it and if I just push a little bit longer I'll make it oh yeah your story totally resonates with me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and I mean I'll get to what happened to where I ended up leaving mm-hmm. um because it was not my choice but I'll, I'll get there okay. so then that was pretty much my initial experience with everything like Pretty much, ninety nine percent of it was perfect. I loved it. I loved the people. I had the rose colored glasses on. Like it was, it was great. And then I started noticing little things here and there. Like for instance, my sponsor, the one who got me in, in business, um, she <laughs> she was very nitpicky about how I would spend my finances. She was very nitpicky about who I would hang out with. She was very nitpicky about almost everything that I did, which At that time, I looked at it as, oh, she's just trying to look out for me and my business, and she wants me to be successful, but then seeing her spend all of her money on, you know, eating out, spend all of her money on um, marijuana, (laughs) buying all the drugs she could... (laughs) and smoking them all the time and then her you know she would get on me all the time for well you're not doing enough for your business you're not doing enough for this when i was the one who was going to the meetings more than she was and i was the one that was you know trying to better my budget and finances and trying to be healthier and trying to do this and that and um it was it was really what's the right word demeaning almost how she had an a holier than thou attitude but at the same time it felt like i was doing way more than she was so. Yeah, that's
1: super frustrating.
0: It was. And you know, the it, nobody's perfect. And I mean, if you like to smoke weed and do drugs, if you like to eat out all the time, that's one thing, but you can't sit there and tell somebody, well you got to do this with your money and you got to do this with your time when you're not doing that yourself. Right. <laughs> and it was oh my goodness, it was it was very frustrating just to not feel like I was ever doing enough. And um so that was that and then there were little meetings here and there, like we were expected sometimes. I had a job at the time where I worked like 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. I worked very early and there were a lot of times where we were expected to be at meetings until oh my goodness, sometimes three, four in the morning. And then what? Yes, they were they were specifically called night owls and if we had like a big team meeting or a conference we just came back from a conference that was on weekends um there would always almost always be meetings after that where we would go talk about our experience recap whatever and then like if you left early unless you had like a death in the family or something emergent like you were not looked highly upon for that
1: um, for anyone that's listening, uh, sleep deprivation is actually a cult tactic, um, so if you're sleep deprived, you're more likely to just kind of go with the flow and keep doing things that the cult wants you to do, um, so I would assume that that's part of why Amy does that.
0: Probably, and that kind of leads me into another problem that I had with it. Um, I have severe anxiety disorder, severe depression, BPD, and uh, bipolar disorder, type one. So I'm a little, it's a little crazy in my head. (laughs) And I was dealing with those things at the time. And, you know, the positivity, the I guess toxic positivity is what it was. But what I just knew as positivity at the time was really helping me get through those emotions and navigate through every day. And pretty much the only thing keeping me from going off the deep end. And I was expected to go to my upline for things mm-hmm. but they would never wanted to fully listen to my problems and when I finally told my upline once um, you know I'm gonna seek out counseling or therapy because I feel like you know th- they would always push vitamins as well obviously they yeah. have the health and wellness side of things anytime I was sick anytime I was going through a really bad mental health spot they would well you, you must not be taking your vitamins you must not be you know you need to take more of this you need to you know you don't need to waste your money going to the doctor like this this and this so almost medical malpractice yeah <laughs> um, like uh, that's like you know we'll just choose to be happy like
1: pretty, just pretty much be happy bad enough
0: <laughs> well and you know that that so manifesting is a thing yes right. but it was almost like yes if you are not doing good, it's, it's pretty much because you're choosing not to be, right. and it, that was really frustrating, and that can mess with somebody with mental illness so bad, because you're like, well, I thought I was doing okay, but like, oh, okay, I guess I just need to ignore these feelings, because, you know, in their head, and what, in their, what they would say, you can choose what you think, you can choose what you think about, you know, you can, something will pop in your head, but it doesn't have to stay there, you just don't think about it. <laughs> and between the sleep deprivation and everything that was easy to go off of at the time, but, you know, them telling me not to go to therapy because, you know, they don't think like us and you need to stay around people who think like we do. And, you know, keep taking your vitamins, you know, you don't need actual medication, that stuff is bad for you, blah, blah, blah. That's detrimental. And how I came out of that that alive is absolutely beyond me. I honestly, like, that's really
1: scary. That's really scary, especially with that handful of diagnoses that you have, like, that's, that's a lot on your plate, a lot on your mind, a lot of, like, feelings to hold, and to be, like, have that self-awareness of, like, I think I need to, like, get help from, like, a professional, and then have people be, like, oh, no, 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 like, Way to just like perpetuate the stigma and also like how, like, how detrimental,
0: like, how detrimental. That's so sad. I'm so sorry. It's, I mean, it is what it is at this point. It was just so. And the thing is, the crazy thing that I always come back to is how did I not see that? How did I not see it at the time of like, this is hurting me more than anything? And I think a part of why, which brings me into something else, is that, you know, they, so I, I am a Christian. I fully, you know, I go to church, you know, those are just my beliefs and they would, at those night owls and everything and at conferences, they would push, you know, we do this for the glory of God. We do this. They push the religious part of things. And for people that do have that belief, it tugs on you and you're like, oh my goodness. Well, this, this must be the right thing because, you know, this is from God and this was put on my heart for the Lord. And so that I saw, not just me, but thinking about it, that got a lot of people. And I I guess that is, another cult tactic or something that they would use yeah i i think
1: i i would think so i'm not like super well versed in all of the like the um bite model i'm not super well versed in it yet i need to study up on it a little bit more but yeah that sounds very culty
0: yeah (laughs) very scientology like yeah another part of like it being sort of culty is they pushed relationships um, within the bounds of LTD, Amway, whatever. And if you were to date somebody outside of business, they weren't necessarily going to tell you that you can't, we were always expected to go to upline for everything. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter who we were talking about. We were always expected to go to Amway with et- or our upline with every decision that we made. And, You know, you had to ask permission from your upline and their upline if they were on a different team. And so it was almost like dating was not a thing outside of the realm of us.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing a story about somebody who said that, like, they were trying to, like, get things straight, and then they were going to have a family, and then they accidentally got pregnant too early, and they were so scared their upline was going to yell at them.
0: Oh, my goodness
1: they got pregnant before their timeline and I was like oh my gosh like when I heard that my heart just like broke for them like imagine being scared of like other people because of that
0: yeah I was definitely afraid to go to my upline for a lot of things I I will say that I luckily had pretty decent upline as far as how they would treat me and my other teammates mm-hmm. so I at least had that obviously pushing the you know not going to therapy and everything wasn't good right. but I don't think I ever got yelled at I don't think anything like that ever happened at least yeah that's <laughs> but, uh, kind of- yeah so but uh, that
1: if they're not yelling at you they're probably using other forms of manipulation that are just sneaky
0: oh yeah there was definitely a lot of like condescendingness and demeaning and but it was it was very subtle
1: yeah (laughs) it was
0: very very subtle I remember one time I was supposed to I was really sick and I was not feeling well and I was supposed to get on the phone and make calls with my um With my upline, and I told her, I was like, I think we need to reschedule because, like, I'm really not feeling well. And she was like, Well, you know, you're supposed to push through things like this. This is just the enemy trying to get you to not follow out your dreams, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, you're right. And I ended up making phone calls. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Speaking of phone calls, (laughs) oh my goodness. So, if anybody listening to this has ever ended up getting into the Amway business, and I'm sure this is the same across the board. But at least specifically, if you ever get, you know, what what did they call it? When if somebody ever reached contacted, if somebody from the Amway business ever contacts you, um, and you're on the phone talking about the business with them and everything, their upline, ninety nine percent sure, is silently muted listening to this entire conversation. Oh my gosh! Yes, and they basically you were trained to, you know, make your own phone calls eventually, but anytime I tried to contact somebody about the business, talk about um, products, anything like that, my upline 99% of the time was on the phone with me listening the entire time. That's so awkward. And then also like, how are they actually even supposed to help you? So like, say
1: like you're stuck and you like kind of are fumbling along and they're listening and they're just on the other end of the phone going, Oh my God, like shaking their head. Like, no, stop. Like what? (laughs) Like, that's not helpful. That's just weird and creepy. Like, and like, it's just a way of, again, like keeping you under their thumb and making sure you're more brainwashed and um conforming to what they want because they don't want you to to, like somebody to be like oh well like this isn't a good fit for me like and then you like go along with it and you're like oh yeah and that but like they chain you to be like no
0: means maybe later yeah oh definitely there were many times and I mean I feel so bad thinking about the people that I had reached out to to join business and buy product and all this because and I hate to say this because the products themselves really weren't that bad but I mean, why would I spend $50 on, or $40 on shampoo and conditioner when I can go buy the same quality at Walmart or CVS or something? And, you know, I will never buy another MLM product because of what is behind them, no matter how good they are. Right. Yeah. And that's
1: one of the things I hear a lot is, you know, like, oh, but like, I really like this product and I'm like, we can find it for you somewhere else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I... You know, I used, they used to have these twist tubes and it's basically like expensive Mio. And I mean, Mio is not necessarily cheap itself, but Mm -hmm. it's not $10 a tiny bottle and it's the exact same stuff (laughs) that I was buying before. But, you know, you were shamed. They, they were, you know, buy from yourself, use your own product, which if you're going to have a business, you should be knowledgeable about your own products and at least test them out. But I mean, you were shamed if I even use different toothpaste you know some or a different you know glister had toothpaste toothbrush mouthwash if I wasn't even using the toothbrush they were questioning my loyalty to my business like even the smallest little things were absolutely necessary
1: that's insane
0: yeah yeah and then um I came towards like I said really bad time in my life it got better there for a little bit but then I ended up getting to the point to where this was in Virginia by the way I live in Indiana now this is where I'm from but um I was like about to get kicked out of my apartment I was like it, it was bad it was really bad and my upline sat down with me and said you know why don't you take a little bit of a break outside at uni at first I was like oh he's being really you know Conscious and like really trying to care for me, no, I wasn't making the money anymore, so there was no reason for me to be in business because- and the reason that I know that is because you know I moved back to Indiana, which is about ten hours away, twelve depending on traffic, and you know I got here and I told him I was like i'm gonna you know I'm not quitting business I'll just take a break and then once I pay stuff off, you know get my get back on my feet, I'm gonna move back to Virginia and then I'll be right back in everything. And then I have not heard from anybody and I moved back here in January. I have reached out. I had reached out a couple of times when I was still really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I, I want to be back in business. Like I got this, I ended up getting a job where I was making, you know, not bank, but like 40, 50 K, which is almost tripled what I was making before. And he was like, well, you need to be completely debt-free and then move back here before you can get back in business. And I have not heard from him since.
1: That's really interesting that they said that to you because like, I feel like most MLMs don't care how much debt they're in because the whole point that they try to sell you on is that you're going to make so much money doing this that you're going to be financially free. But it seems like Amway, like from what you're saying, it's almost like this vibe of like Amway is, is, like a family and not a business
0: oh yeah they and I mean they do push as much as even when you're in business and like you've already gone through the interview process and all this stuff like they do push the mentorship side of things but it's always the underlying everything that I've said so far and you know contacting they would tell us that you know, after you've gone through your social media and your contacts and everything that you already have in your phone, go meet meet new people. And we will, you know, we'll go from there. And I had um, somebody that I met a few people. And let's say that I have a list of three people. One works at a bank. The other one works at Walmart. The other one, um, you know, he works at a local grocery store. They will only work with the one who works at a bank they will not go with the other two they will not go with the other two because you need to Oh, you need to be finding people that are more sharp than others they would judge people just based on what their job was and whether or not they had a car and stuff like that if they would contact them and try to get them in business
1: wow that's really interesting so it's interesting how selective they are compared to others because I feel like others are like like reach out to every person you've ever breathed in the same room. as. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I mean, they are kind of like that, but there was one time I actually had a friend of mine that I had met at a job I had, and she was like, interested she wanted like I would have sponsored her if it was not for my upline she said well I'm kind of going like I'm super anxious lately talking about her mental health like I'm going to counseling and they told her no because she needs to get her mental stuff figured out before she can join which I was so mad about so I was like I would have had somebody (laughs) but you know I mean it doesn't matter now obviously (laughs) but I that's so
1: interesting that like so I'm like they denied her because of her mental health, but then they were able to keep you on.
0: Yeah. And I think a part of that was because I was so passionate about it. And I think they knew that they could, you know, see her jump. I'll say how high I would literally have done whatever I needed to do for my upline. I was so passionate about it when I was in Amway. Like I had heard once at a conference, tie your goals to your uplines you know, pretty much do what you're doing now so they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I did that. I tried so hard to do so much. And then just for them to tell me, well, maybe later and then later never happened. Well, I mean, thank God. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy about it now. Don't get me wrong, but looking back on it, it still hurts because I was like, man, those, these are the people that are going to be with me for the rest of my life. And then like, no, but none of them are here. And it's actually funny because I recently reached out to my sponsor, my old sponsor, and I tried to be friends with her again and all of that stuff. And, you know, it was good for a couple of days. And she had mentioned you know, do you miss excess, which is like Amway sports drink? Do you miss like the twist tubes? Do you miss any of the product? And I flat out was like, you know, I'm not really interested in anything Amway anymore. Like I'm not really interested in, you know, anything to do with business. So I would rather not talk about it. And it was like a day later after I said that, she said, I don't think we can be friends anymore. So that, that one hurt really bad because her and I were like, best friends did everything together for those two years. And we even kept in touch a little bit when she thought that I was still going to try to get back in business when I moved to Indiana. And just to find out that I pretty much was just a leg to her.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I wonder too, like, I wonder if she was coached to tell you that, or I wonder if, like, that was where her values were.
0: I maybe maybe both I I'm not sure she herself is a pretty toxic manipulative person um and looking back on that now I really see that Um, uh, she probably would do whatever she needed to get whatever she wanted and that's the thing another thing that I forgot to mention earlier with her she would you know like I said get on me from my money habits and my what I was doing with my time and you know I I pretty much never got customer sales I pretty much never did because um, I didn't have people that were willing to support me that way which is fine but she would cheat her way into getting her customer volume you know she would pressure her family into doing it she would oh this is probably a lot of information but anyway she would um sleep with one of her best guy friends to get him to buy product
1: oh my gosh
0: yeah So So she was
1: essentially, okay.
0: (laughs) I know what you want to say. And yes, you're right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, well, like, you know, I'm not like, you know, like if people that do sex work, that's totally fine. Like, like that, that's fine. But like, you know, I feel like there's just something super, uh, like my heart just sinks. Like you're, literally selling your body to
0: fund your pyramid scheme like oh no yeah and I mean the even sadder part about it I wish I was making this up on top of that that best guy friend and this is why I say she's a very manipulative toxic person that guy friend was actually somebody who had very 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 strong feelings for her so on top of Selling her body for a pyramid scheme, she was also taking really big advantage of this guy because he had like faith that they were going to work out someday. And I mean, he got in business for her, like, he did all this stuff, and he eventually left before I did. But I mean, she just all around took advantage of him in so many ways. So she
1: was just trying to get him to be um, an Amway seller and not trying to like actually be like a real partner with him yeah that's disgusting yeah that's like the most predatory like I've been like really deep diving into like all of the anti-MLM content since I got out and like that's probably one of the most predatory things I've ever heard
0: oh yeah it's a it's a lot (laughs) um that pretty much is my story so any questions you have, I'm willing to answer. <laughs> oh. what questions
1: do I have? I like, am I, I feel like it's so different than all of the other ones. Like it's very different from Arbonne or It Works or like Scentsy, like all of those, Like I feel like it's its own beast. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you. And it's because they're sneaky. Like if you saw somebody posting about something how I had before, you would not know that it was an MLM or at least unless you could really had an eye for it, you wouldn't know. And I mean, if I had reached out to people before and they push mentorship so much as like a cloak as to what it really is they're they're just they've gotten really good about being super sneaky about it so I think that's why and it's not until I think it's one of the ones where it's where it's not until you're in it where you're like what have I got myself into
1: <laughs> yeah um so I'm so we at the end we talked about the excommunication which is again another cult tactic so like once you leave um uh the cult community they don't want anything to do with you like did you have any other like
0: um
1: issues with excommunication
0: not necessarily issues I mean I'm still I don't want to say it's traumatic it might be but I'm still dealing with it and it's still really hard and makes me upset when I think about it however there is one person that actually comes to mind um, she actually is the only one that tried to stay friends with me after and she I love her to death <laughs> we actually don't really talk much anymore and I'm that was by my choice though because I am still to the point to where I know what she's in and I just don't think I can do it right now um, which I might get to that point one day but it also hurts me for her because she's making the money so she's fine she's got like downline she's got quite a few people on her team which is fine but she's genuinely somebody who was like me and believes in the cause and wants to make a difference and wants to you know have a good life and give other people a good life and um she I just I feel bad for her I really do because she's genuinely a good person
1: I think that most people in multi-level marketing are good people. Like, I think uh, until you get to the top and you really start to see, like, you can really see, like, that you're literally making money off of the people you're recruiting. Um, Like, it's really easy to, like, see these people living their best life. And, like, they put on such a show that, and they're like, we can help all of these people we can help people get out of debt we can help people with our amazing products we are going to serve people and that is amazing and you're going to mentor people and you're going to bring people in and you're going to help them and you're going to you're going to make their lives so much better like who doesn't want those things like who's at home being like no fuck you like i'm not going to go help people like what
0: <laughs> i mean yeah but like you said i think by the time that they get to the top and they realize like oh I'm making money off these people the money you're making I mean how are you going to be like no nah, I don't want this anymore
1: <laughs> I, I think that so what I've kind of
0: heard a lot of has been
1: like some people will see it and they feel really trapped because i once you realize that it's a pyramid scheme you can't put that on your resume like if you're making that much money like you're not going to be like oh I was like at the top percent of Amway and then go and apply for a job and have people take you seriously. They're gonna be like, what? You were in Amway for X amount of years and now you think that you can apply for this job, go <laughs> away.
0: Yeah, that's not necessarily something I put on my resume. <laughs> I I don't talk about it really. Um, I'll talk about it with some people. I guess not like super publicly, like this is the most public I've gone about it so far. Um, and I actually just remembered something else So there was a, um, there was a couple, they were being pretty successful. I mean, they weren't up, up there, but they were on their way to get there. I mean, within a couple years, they could have been probably closer to the top. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, they were engaged. They were getting ready to be married. And it was after like a weekend after a conference, um, one month, they, the guy, ended up getting arrested because he um was caught doing inappropriate things with minors. <gasps> yeah. And then so I I don't think MLMs are right at all. Don't get me wrong. But his ex-fiance, now ex-fiance, got jacked because she I mean obviously he was out of business, no question. Like right. will probably never be allowed anywhere <laughs> anymore. Yeah after he gets out of jail or prison or wherever she did not get to keep any part of her business and she she was not she had no idea he was doing that she was just we're in amway we're getting married like this is great they didn't let her keep any part of anything and i'm pretty sure that that was like her main source of income as well so like they just pretty much said screw you both like we're done oh Which, Like I said, I don't, I don't support MLMs anymore, but like, I think that was really unfair that she didn't do anything wrong and she just got, she got screwed. Well, I mean, they will,
1: MLMs will drop you for like the smallest thing and like, they don't care because you're just a body to them. Like they can replace you. They like, once you do something wrong, like they're just like, oh, well, like we can just get you with the next one. I feel like we're essentially cash cows
0: yeah pretty much <laughs>
1: yeah oh, all right um so before you go what um like takeaways like good positive takeaways have you had from being in a multi level marketing company
0: oh goodness <laughs> um that is a really good question i now know what toxic positivity is that is something I was able to learn that I didn't even know was a thing before. So it's it's been easier for me to navigate through certain emotions and navigate through certain things like this might seem good, but am I really doing something good for myself by doing this? So I I, it, I did learn a lot. There were some teachings in there that I, I don't want to say I still apply them in the same way, mm-hmm. um, but there were some good things here and there um, that I did learn, but I will never be a part of multi-level marketing ever again. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. And, um, if anyone else wants to come on here and share their story, you can email me at fromhuns huns to humans, dot com. Thank you so much. Have a great day.